Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture reflection together. Great to have you with us. Feel free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. We all want to pray for each other very specifically as we turn to the Lord together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come to us, gracious Father, as you have promised to all your people. We are your people. We belong to you. We do not belong to any false gods, and we reject all false gods. We acknowledge your Son, Jesus Christ, as the only Lord and Savior of the world. He, the, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and we recommit ourselves to following him and proclaiming him. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Forgive us especially our sins of omission, where we have not taken the opportunity to proclaim him, to advance his kingdom, to serve others, and to defend your gift of life as it comes in its most vulnerable form, especially the children in the womb. Renew us today in that pro-life commitment, for every page of your word speaks to us of life, of our duty to defend it, and in doing so, finding you are the life of all. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, friends, this primacy, this supremacy, this centrality of Jesus Christ is what I want to bring out from today's um, readings. I'm actually going to read what is proclaimed today in churches around the world from the letter of Paul to the Colossians, and then also add to it tomorrow's reading, uh, since the readings of tomorrow change because of the special feast day of the birth of Mary. So let me focus on Colossians chapter 1 today and bring out to you a, 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 a crucially central point of our faith uh, and of our pro-life commitment. Reading from the letter of Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, from the day we heard about you, we do not cease praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord so as to be fully pleasing in every good work and bearing fruit and growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with every power in accord with his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father, who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Christ Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. 
For in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of his cross. Through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. Let us pray. Jesus, you are everything. This is what we proclaim in Christian prayer, in Christian songs and hymns, inspired canticles, and in the depths of our heart and in the every move of our spirit. You are everything, as this reading proclaims. The beginning of everything, its purpose, its cause, its foundation, its core. In you we live and move and have our being. You are everywhere, filling the fullness of the universe and of our lives. Lord Jesus, be everything for us as we make our decisions in life. As we make our choices, let us put you above all else. For no one can be your disciple without loving you above all things, above every human being, no matter how close or important they are in our lives. Bless us, Lord Jesus, on the way in serving you. Amen. Friends, this Christian hymn that St. Paul is expressing here in Colossians, it's a prayer that is prayed in the daily liturgy of the church. Uh, it's weekly, actually, in uh, the evening prayer of the church, because it's such a central Christian writing. It is a hymn of praise and adoration to Christ, bringing out his primacy in creation and in the church. Let's uh, look at it, and I want to look at it with you in the light of the very first words of the Bible because, as I will show you here, this hymn in Colossians chapter 1 is a commentary on the first sentence of the Bible and a commentary on the core of our Christian life. The Bible begins this way, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, let's pause and think about that for a moment. God did not have to do that. So right from the start of scriptures, we see a free act of God's love. He didn't have to create anything. He was not forced by anything inside of himself. He was not forced by anything outside of himself. He created the heavens and the earth. All things that exist come from God, and therefore all things that exist in and of themselves are good. They might be warped later by evil. Evil is a, a deprivation of good, a lack of good. But they all come from God. It's not like God created some things and the devil or some other evil spirit created other things. That's not it at all, although some have believed that over the centuries. God is the creator of spiritual things and of physical things. He's the creator of our souls and of our bodies. He's the creator of what is visible and invisible. Angels as well as animals. 
All things were created by God. Now, in the beginning, what does that mean? And what Paul is saying to the Colossians is, that means in Christ. Think about this. In the, in the verses we just re read from Colossians 1, Paul says, He is the beginning. Why? In Him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, all were created through Him and for Him. So first of all, through Him. Now this should remind us of the beginning of John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, John says, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then, all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So John is proclaiming this as well. The Word is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. He always existed. He is not created. Begotten, not made, we say in the Creed. He's not, Christ Jesus is not part of creation. He's God. All things were made through Him. And then Paul says, furthermore, if you ask why everything was made, if a child turned to you on a starry night and said, well, why, what's the purpose of the stars? Well, why, why, does the, why is the moon there? Or stands with you at, on the side of a mountain or at the seashore and say, why? why does the ocean exist? Why is the mountain there? The answer is Christ Jesus. All things were created for Him. Creation, Scripture tells us, we think, for example, of of uh, the Psalms, Psalm 19, or Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 1. He talks about how creation itself reveals and proclaims the Lord. The power, the attributes of God, the wisdom of God, the beauty of God can be seen in creation. Christ Jesus manifests God fully. The manifestation of God in creation points to the full manifestation of God in the Son who became the Word, who became flesh. All things were created through Him. All things were created for Him. He is before all else that is, like we said before and like we say in the Creed, He's begotten, not made. In him all things hold together. Now, that's physically in the universe. And now he goes into the more spiritual realm in the church. He, the beginning of all creation, is also the beginning of the supernatural life shared by human beings. So God created all things. And remember, let me point out one other thing. What do we, as we continue to read in the book of Genesis about creation, how do we see God creating? It doesn't say he took clay in his hands. It says he spoke. What do you speak? A word. In him, Christ, all things were created. So God spoke a word and it came to be. 
And the crowning of this creation was the creation of human life. Let us make man in our own image. God made us in the divine image. He created him male and female. He created them. Male and female. One, two. Not five, not ten. There's no LGBTQ plus in the very, any verse of any scripture. He created all this. The crowning gift, man and woman. And then, in Christ... He fills us with supernatural life, makes us not only live human life, but share His life, share divine life. This comes, of course, in Christ through faith and baptism and conquers even death itself, which was not part of God's original plan, but came into the world, as Scripture tells us, by the envy of the devil, by the power of sin. But He overcame that in Christ. So therefore, Paul in his reflection says, okay, Christ is the beginning of all creation, and the goal of all creation. And then he said he's also the beginning of the church. He's the firstborn from the dead. Firstborn. He's not the only one to experience in a human body and a human soul victory over death. He is the first. The church of which he is the head and which he fills in all its parts is to follow. So he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that in all things he himself might be preeminent. It makes us think of his words, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I hold the keys of death and of hell. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I have come that they may have life. When we say the name of Jesus, we are invoking all these things. That's why it's so powerful when we when we are praying over someone, or when we are fighting directly the power of death as we carry out our pro-life activities in, the, in, the, in, the, in front of an abortion facility when we're praying there, and we invoke the name of Jesus, we're invoking the firstborn from the dead, we're invoking the one for whom those babies exist, we're invoking the one who made those babies, saying the name of Jesus at an abortion facility or in a prayer anywhere where you might be. In a prayer against abortion, in a prayer for the culture of life, think of the power of what you are saying. The very one through whom and for whom these children were created. And then, of course, he's the one who reconciles all things. Things that had been alienated from God by sin reconciles them all back to himself by the blood of his cross. By the cross he reigns. By the cross he is king. He is victorious, conquering the power of sin and death and evil and hell. He is the beginning. I am the Alpha, he said. The beginning. And the Omega. The end. At the end of time all the nations will be gathered before his throne. He will separate them, sheep and goats, those going to heaven, those going to hell. And then forever we will see, fall down before and even sit upon the throne of the Lamb who gives light and who is the light of the city of God forever and ever. The light of life, the victory of life is forever. The destruction of life is just temporary, whether by abortion or any other kind of violence. 
The despair that leads to that destruction is temporary. What is eternal is the victory of Christ, the victory of life. Let us pray once again. Father, we come to you now interceding for your people, especially for those whose lives are in danger by any circumstance, but especially the youngest and most defenseless who are in danger of being aborted. Father, protect them, bless them, save them, take them to yourself in your loving hands and enable us to take them in our hands too, reaching out to the needy, helping the poor, saving the unborn. Enable your people to express your love and to make real your care by their loving actions. Father, help us all to serve you in this way. We ask you to grant the needs of all those who have left their prayer intentions here and the intentions that remain in their hearts. Lord God, we want to see the flourishing of the faith. We want to see the saving of our nation. We want to see your hand of blessing upon those political leaders like President Trump who are leading us in the right direction. And we want to see your spirit of conversion take hold of those who are leading us in the wrong direction and are promoting abortion and every other kind of evil, attacking truth, even hating America. Bless us, Lord, and give to all those who need discernment the wisdom of your Holy Spirit, those who need consolation the comfort of your Spirit, and those who are experiencing victories and joys, give them the wisdom of your spirit to ascribe all glory and thanks to you. And we pray now the words Jesus gave us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Friends, um, day after tomorrow is a day that uh, is the National Day of Remembrance for aborted children, uh, a day that people will gather at the grave sites of aborted babies and also at other places where there are memorial stones, not necessarily grave sites, but memorials to the unborn. It's a day I thought about founding uh, years and years ago, and brought to the attention of other pro-life leaders and we created this day because it's so important to remember that there are these bodies buried. Some graves have thousands of bodies in them. There are these bodies buried throughout our country and we can't forget about them because remembering, and we will reflect on this on Saturday, remembering is a key aspect of our Christian spirituality our Judeo-Christian spirituality. Do not forget the works of the Lord. Scripture tells us, God told the people of old, don't forget his work in bringing you through 
the desert taking you out of slavery in Egypt. And so that's the idea behind the Passover and the Eucharist, the giving thanks, the memorial of the Lord's Supper. Do this in memory of me. Do not forget the works of the Lord and bringing you out of the kingdom of darkness through the death and resurrection of Christ. And so we say, do not forget the works of the Lord. Those works described in Psalm 139, when in the secret places of darkness in the womb, he created us. Abortion destroyed that handiwork of God. We remember these children. So go to rememberabortedchildren.org, see what's going on. Learn more about this National Day of Remembrance and how you can take part in it. And I appreciate you doing that. We will talk to you again soon. Follow our broadcasts and our main website, of course, endabortion.us. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.